Welcome to Grace Notes. We're beginning a two-part series on what it takes to be used in the service of God. 2 Corinthians 15, 17-20 states that as a believer in Christ, God has committed to us the message and ministry of reconciliation. We are His ambassadors specifically for this purpose. In the secular arena, ambassadors represent the leader of their country in an official capacity in communities and foreign nations. They are charged with protecting and promoting national interests, maintaining diplomacy, organizing visits, welcoming visitors, and supporting resolutions. Now let's liken this to the spiritual realm. We're told to go and preach the gospel to every creature in Jerusalem, our hometown, Judea, the outskirts, Samaria, difficult places, people may not welcome us, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. We are to listen to God for his message to share and say what he has to say through his word, not give our own opinions. We should always stand up for his word and his character, be friendly and build relationships so that we might show the love of Christ to every person we meet. Sounds like a challenging job, doesn't it? But we need to know and trust that God will equip us for this task he's given us. We must take up the cross and go light the world. There is a candle in every soul, some brightly burning, some dark and cold. There is a spirit who brings the fire, ignites a candle, and makes his
When I was in the business world, one company I worked for had what they called Management by Objectives, or MBOs. The employees were to prepare these for their coming year's review. Each one had a measurable description that was used by the supervisor to rate performance and give races and promotions. Well, as believers, God wants to use us to minister in His service. We have an important job to do. Second Corinthians fifteen seventeen through 20 details our MBOs. If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We are first to be reconciled to God through Christ and then seek to understand and convey this message of reconciliation as his ambassadors or representatives. Just as it was imperative for me to review and understand what was expected of me in my secular job, it's even more important that I read God's word to find what he expects of me in order to be successful in his kingdom work. In studying this, I found that the phrase, make every effort, was used often. Notice, it doesn't say make an effort, it says make every effort. This is a serious command. The most important of all the make every effort phrases concerns being personally reconciled to Jesus. Jesus said in Luke thirteen twenty four, Make every effort to enter through the narrow door, because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. Make every effort here means to strive. The verb try is not a strong word. Another version says strive to enter in at the straight gate. This is a metaphor depicting the gates at the entrance of the way leading to eternal life or everlasting destruction. The straight gate is Christ himself, apart from whom there is no other way to heaven. As Jesus said in John fourteen six. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. John ten seven. Jesus stated, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. And in John ten nine, he said again, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. A friend of ours thought it was unfair that the gate to heaven was narrow rather than broad. But what he didn't understand was that the gate was narrow because Jesus made the way simple, one way through and only through him. The broad road reflects mankind's various attempts to gain acceptance with God by good works, church attendance, identification with believers, but their efforts are in vain unless they accept Jesus as their Savior. Philippians 2.12 says, Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That's out, not for. Jesus paid it all for us. We just need to believe that he died on the cross and rose again to pay the penalty for our sin against God. Then ask him to be our Savior, and we'll be reconciled to God through him. Once we're reconciled, we can cease or rest from our striving and rest in God's promised salvation. The next use of the phrase is in Hebrews 4, 9-11. through 11. It says, There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest, so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. The example of disobedience here refers to the Israelites. God had saved them from death at the hand of the Egyptians, but most of them chose not to obey God's direction 
and perished in the desert, never seeing the promised land. They saw the barriers in front of them, instead of God's glory, the pillar of cloud or fire overhead, which had guided and protected them. Yes, God still took care of them the remainder of their wandering years in that desert, but they never experienced all his rest would have given them. This rest is for believers who can now cease from trying to earn salvation. It's a rest of grace and comfort and holiness, as well as a rest in glory, where God's people will enjoy the end of their faith in heaven. God has always declared man's rest to be in him and his love to be the only real happiness of the soul and faith in his promises through his Son to be the only way of entering that rest. Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight and 29, Come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart, and ye shall find rest unto your soul. Corey Tamboon once said, If you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. If you look at God, you'll be at rest. I have a home, eternal home. But for now, I walk this broken world. You walked it first. You know the pain, but you show hope can rise again up from the grave. Abide with me.
up ahead Eternity We'll weep no more We'll sing for joy Abide with me been listening to Grace Notes. If you've been blessed by this ministry, your note of encouragement would be greatly appreciated. You can write to us at Sandbeck Ministries, P.O. Box 581, Falston, Maryland, 21047, or email us through our website at www.gracenotesradio.com. Join us on our next program. Until then, let your Grace Notes be a song of praise. Praise.